I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He said that... Doctor, you didn't love me true. I told the witch doctor, you didn't love me nice. And then the witch doctor, he gave me this advice. He said that. So I went out and found myself a guy that's so much wiser And he taught me the way to win your heart My friend the witch doctor, he taught me what to say My friend the witch doctor, he taught me what to do I know that you'll be mine when I say this to you Ooh-ee-ooh-ah-ah-ting-tang, walla-walla-bing-bang Ooh-ee-ooh-ah-ah-ting-tang, walla-walla-bang-bang You know, this uh, podcast is um, number 319, entitled My Friend The, and uh, it came to me very um, in detail last night. I I got an infection um, about four or five days ago, and I've been on uh, um, antibiotics, and I'm feeling much better, but late in the middle of the night, I was literally awakened with a bang, as it were, and was given the song, which you've just heard, which is entitled... Witch Doctor from the year 1958, as sung and performed and written by David Seville, who really was a fellow named Ross Bagdasarian, who founded Alvin and the Chipmunks. But that song, Witch Doctor, was number one in America in 1958. And um, the song came to me, as it were, uh, in a dream. But I realized why it was given to me immediately, because the song uh, says something very interesting about... um, when you get to the end of your resources, what we often called uh, the end of our rope, and when we're finally given the cosmic um, push to take a step of faith, otherwise known as the mustard seed. Now, um, let's... Uh, Think about this for a second. What's um, great about the uh, song? Well, no, let me actually start it this way. <clears throat> How many of you, and I bring myself under the same rubric, have just delayed getting help for a problem, more or less forever, until, hopefully, something has happened that has so stressed us, has so destroyed our ability to continue to push up the Sisyphean rock uh, again and again and again, that we finally had to sit down and bemoan and say, okay, I need some help. I can't do this. I've got to go. I've got to find somebody. That's very important. Um, I, I'm talking to a chap, uh, just a, another friend of mine, and uh, the ability that this wonderful man has to rationalize his um, paralysis, it's one thing, you know, for two or three years. It's quite another thing for 12 or 13. Um, 
a peer of mine, a wonderful, wonderful colleague, one of the best people I know in the world, actually told me the other day that he spent basically 40 years um, holding off something really important, something coming to terms with something that had happened uh, in his really early adolescence, 40 years. And then a variety of different situations made it unendurable. And he simply had no choice other than, you might say, complete death to um, reach out. Um, and some very good things happened. Now, what I want to say about that relates to the song, because the brilliance of the song, and I'm going to overinterpret it, but it's really right there, and the chipmunks are right there. <clears throat> this chap in the uh, situation of Witch Doctor wants a girl to like him, and she doesn't. And he's just terribly upset that she won't respond to his advances. He doesn't know what to do, so he decides to go to somebody wiser. And that somebody wiser tells him what to say and tells me what to do. And what he hears from the somebody wiser is not, this is your roadmap to success. These are the five different uh, phases of your recovery. This is what you need to do to really get this thing behind you. Um, all of which is true. All of which are true. But that's not what he, what he, what, what the chap who is, he's the George Grizzard character in the very early episode of the original Twilight Zone, 1964, I think it was, or maybe earlier, season two, who, uh, the, 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 the woman, um, he wants, won't have anything to do with him, so he has to go and get help. He goes to somebody wiser, and he gets a slightly more specific word, love potion number nine, do you remember the song? Well, this fella wants to know what to do, but he, he's that rare soul whose desire to have a goal, who, who needs to reach something, and he can't do it himself. So he goes to the, he, he makes the step. It's the mustard seed of faith. And he gets, the reply that he gets is, um, is uh, as follows. It's not, he who loves without desire shall have power in his darkest hour. I mean, that's wonderful. That's uh, Dennis Wheatley. That's uh, The Devil Rides Out. That's fantastic. It's deeply Christian truth. It's empirical, um, d descriptive evidence of what is true. But um, that's uh, not what this fellow receives. And it shows you that it doesn't really matter what you receive. You, you can't define that. You go looking and God will fill in the blanks. So when he says, what do I do to get the girl? The answer he gets is, ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bing bang, ooh ee, ooh ah ah, ting tang, walla walla bing bang, uh uh uh. Well, do you see how, how really profound that is? That's speaking in tongues. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not entirely comfortable with speaking in tongues yet, which happens in the the church that I attend in part uh, here in uh, Central Florida. Um, I've had the experience, as with as has Mary with me, with the dean of Malmesbury Abbey. I'm not kidding you. Um, Fifty plus years ago, 
and I believe it, but this is what it is. When you don't know the answer, uh, my wonderful, wonderful friend, Elder Harold Fuller at uh, City of Destiny, never tires of telling me this. When you don't know what the answer is, just shut off your your brain and uh, and listen to God. And you may get the answer is, you know, go up on Route 50 to such and such a person and talk to them. Or um, write a letter to so-and-so and, -so and uh, repent of such and such. Or... Um, change your way of thinking about him and alter your attitude towards her or um, pull back from being so darn interventionist. It may be, but the answer, you fill in the blanks. And he gets an answer that is truly glossolalia. You know, I was um, in this terrible period I told you about at the seminary, which I was dean, when everything was just, I was, I was so, I was being so rejected and it really was happening. Well, I still had a little bit of a sense of fun, and one day, for some reason, my depression or my stress level seemed to lift for five minutes because I thought about this song. This is a long time ago. And I went downstairs, and I started to sing to the receptionist. You know, they hated this. They both loved it, and for some reason, a lot of the people hated it when you would have fun like this because there's nothing remotely odd or upsetting about the song, Witch Doctor. Um, I can't imagine, but I started going around just the main thing, saying, ooh-ee, ooh-ah-ah, ting-tang, walla-walla, bing-bang. Well, it turned out that almost all the support staff were about my age at the time, mid-50s. All of them were my age, and they all remembered the song, because it was number one in the country in 1958-59. And so, all of a sudden, I had literally a kind of posse of lovely uh, people my own age, the support staff, receptionists, the financial office, the alumni office, the, the back office. They all sort of come out and said, look, hey, Paul is singing the song we all know, and we, so we all ended up doing this kind of um, line dance of which of ooh-ee, ooh-ah-ah, ting-tang, walla-walla, bing-bang, it was one of the high points of my entire, if only that had been allowed to flourish, that we would have had a wonderful couple of years. But, you know, then somebody, some member of the faculty came in and, you know, he was some PCA or something. Was, but I don't forgive me. I love the PCA at times, though they are often lacking in mercy, lacking in mercy. They talk about it just like a lot of denominations that are much more liberal talk about it. But when it comes to practicing it, are you out of your mind? Well, ooh -ee, well, um, so what, what am I saying? If you've got some kind of problem or some kind of impasse, and almost everybody does, and I'm speaking under the same rubric. I mean, the other night, you know, I was so ill. I was just, for two days, I was just, I'd gotten some kind of infection. How? I didn't know what it was. It was not COVID, as it turned out, just so you know. But it was, um, it definitely was a kind of infection. It was definitely, the evidence came out in a test. But I was so miserable and so, and then I woke up on the, on the Monday and I said, you know, something's got to give, because I, I couldn't really feel I could call the doctor, who we have wonderful medical care, uh, for some reason, on a Sunday. So I immediately called Monday morning at the crack of dawn and immediately got a wonderful person to help me. Had it went over, got had a test done and it was clear what it was, immediately got medication, and I felt better. And then I went in and I, I did a had to go into the hospital and get a CAT scan and a number of things. But it was just, I'd finally taken the step. I mean, I could have just lay in bed for five days and just complained. And finally, the fever would have passed, you know, and I would have had five days of complete and total extinction. Um, you know, but really, are you kidding? You know, a lot of Benadryl. Are you kidding? But I took the step. And it, 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 the answer came back. I thought it was one thing, and it turned out to be a different thing. But nevertheless, I got an answer. It was ooh-ee, ooh-ah-ah, ting-tang, walla-walla, bing-bang. Well, I'm saying to you who are living, this mesh was meant to think about it. 
Is there a situation where the time has come to find my friend the, hopefully the rector, the curate, the associate, the bishop, <laughs> hopefully, um, a friend, a Christian grandmother, an uncle? It doesn't really matter. It could be a cab driver. It could be someone you meet on the train. Literally, it really could be. Who gives you the... the who, who, who gives you the, 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 the words, the ting-tang, walla-walla-bing-bang, whatever it may be, and, and that will be the thing. It's the going. It's the step of faith. It's the mustard seed, like in Little Boy, that 2015. Brilliant, albeit, has a start slowly, brilliant movie about the power of a mustard seed to literally move a mountain, let alone end World War II. I highly commend it. Well, that's all I wanted to say. Take a step. Um... I have to say one other thing. We were at a wedding of someone, a couple we love, the children of, you know, you get to the stage when you're, all the weddings you're going to are, the, the funerals are all of people you know and care for and love. <laughs> That's terrible. And the weddings are all of adult children, or now, before you know it, it'll be grandchildren of people you love and know. And this wedding um, was in a PCA parish, and um, this, uh, it was, I just have to say, and this young minister, who can't have been more than about 35 himself, got up, and he proceeded to sort of get in the face of this lovely young couple who were in their late 20s, <coughs> mid-20s, uh, mid to late 20s, and <coughs> basically lectured them for 45 minutes on the implications of covenant faithfulness in the Old Testament and New Testament. Now, nothing he said you and I would probably disagree with, or most of us would disagree with, but he it was all mental. It was all cerebral. He, he, uh, he spent 45 minutes, and they had to stand the whole time, lecturing them, not about the um, statutes uh, and the unity of the Old Testament, the New Testament. You know that guy. What is that guy? He's at that seminary in the Sydney. I always Goldsworthy, Goldsworth, uh, something worthy, <laughs> not Goldsworthy. But um, and and it was. I mean, it was like the quote roadmap to success in marriage. I mean, it was sort of the the the, the Presbyterian form of of what Baptists are supposedly doing. You know, when they give you eight steps towards A. And it was just unbelievable. Um, here they were, this lovely young couple, and they got an intellectual extrapolation that was really unbelievably lacking in pastoral empathy, either for them or for their loving and wonderful parents and all the people like us who were there. And it was almost impossible to sit through. Now, that's not at all untypical, if you know the circles, not at all untypical. What I'm trying to say is that... Um, the humility of this couple in coming to the church, they were both devout Christians, for a blessing of God in the face of this extraordinarily important, decisive, and lifelong decision they were making. Um, what he was said to them, good as it was on paper, was infinitely less helpful than the famous words from the best prayer book, um, homily I know in this situation, which would have been ooh-ee, ooh-ah-ah, ting-tang, walla-walla-bing-bang, ooh-ee, ooh-ah-ah, ting-tang, walla-walla-bing-bang, because that would have been God's word. Well, golly, do I really mean that? Yes, I do, because underneath the glossolalia of the song is the word that obviously the protagonist hears that will help him in making his deeply sincere, um, that will frame and fill out the uh, 
portrait of his love that he so deeply and sincerely wishes to present to this young woman whom he has not been able to convince. At least he will have shown his sincerity in full by having made the step of going to somebody wiser. Well, do it yourself. I mean, think about how important it was in the past when you did that. Think about the great, great blessing that came about from your humility in getting help. That's my point. Okay, we end with another song from 1958 that you will not have heard. If you've heard it, then you're a mister, you're a better man than I. Um, This is a song which embodies the exact same principle, but in a slightly less um, heavy, that's not the right word, in a slightly... uh, well, more absurd? I don't know. In a parallel manner, a song that was um, written and uh, performed by somebody who never did anything else named Dick Robinson. The actual group is Dick Robinson and his make-believers. Literally, I'm not kidding, from 1958. You can buy the single for $80 on the internet, but I have it from an Australian CD from 20 years ago. And in it, we have another example of a message that is framed in... uh, (laughs) The, the messenger is the important thing, and the narrator is the important thing. The actual message is the Word of God, because it's not translatable. It's uh, not translatable, um, except to the persons for whom it is intended and from whom it comes. Well, I don't want to overpack. I love this song. It's entitled, The Boppin' Martian. Love you guys so much. Didn't want to stop The kids were jumping at the hop When all of a sudden right out of the wall Stepped a two-headed creature about three feet tall Everybody stopped and looked at the thing He said, keep on going, I come down the swing Swinging four chicks at once to the rockin' beat He bopped and strolled all over the floor Till the band just couldn't blow anymore Then when the boys could take and ten He shouted, hey up cats, let's rock again was all about so I looked at the cat right in both of his faces I says where are you from he said outer spaces I got the message one lonely night from the beep beep beeping of your satellite when I heard the sound from way up there I knew life on Mars was just too square if you want a big bop for all it's worth you gotta make the scene right here on earth but don't bug me man said the Martian thing I 